Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. This is literally how we start every week. Welcome. But this is special because... Go ahead, Brody. We're we live. We got a packed house here at the Market on the Plaza for the first ever Shrink Wrap Live After Dark. overwhelming. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. It sorry, is Marie. so great. Yeah, to sorry, s- Marie. <laughs> so great to see everybody here. We really appreciate everybody coming out. If you uh, are not here, you're missing out. This is at the Market on the Plaza, 506 South Main, and we are upstairs here at the bar where, um, and really enjoying being here. Yeah, go ahead. We are. Do we have any wine glasses left back there? Can somebody give me a heads up? We have five. You guys, we have five wine glasses. Five the shrink hell? wrap. They're, um, as somebody said, they, they have Girth? Yes. <laughs> Very applicable to tonight. Thank you, Nancy. Yes, yes. Longtime listener. Huge fan of the podcast, Nancy. Doug Peterson. Um, anyway, they have girth. Can we can They're we give a, do a couple of announcements? Please do. Okay, this is a special night for Larry and Terry. This is <gasps> Becky's brother. I'm not gonna like point him out we or won't anything. Point him out. But this is like what your 105th anniversary? No, that's you and Mark. Like 98. Oh, well, that yeah. Yeah. But no, what is it? 1980? Right? No, 38. So you guys, you hear me talk about my brother Larry all the time. I'm, I'm gonna get all for. I know. I know. It's okay. It's been a week. <laughs> my brother's here. Aww. <laughs> my big brother. I love that, and I also want to shout out to a lady from New Jersey because. Colin was on a plane, and I love New Jersey. Oh my God, do you love Jersey? There was this woman in first class. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Do you mean Colin, who I had in Sunday school as a fourth grader? Yeah, I'm old people. And she had the nails, right? She had the beautiful manicured nails, and she's like, "Oh my God, where are you from?" He's like, "Aberdeen," and she's like, "Do you know Becky and Fran?" He's like, "Do I?" And he's like. Oh, God, help me. But Depends anyway, on who's asking. Whoever you are, I'm like, did you get her name? Because we need to be like, hey. But he didn't. But anyway, whoever you are, thank you for listening. And all. And we're going to do a little begging. We ask that if there's a special podcast that you like, share it, bitches. Wow. Share it. Okay. Sorry Text about all the pounding listeners. Text it to somebody listeners. and be like, I love this episode. You need to listen. Is that asking too much? I don't think no, so. But then also leave us a review because that's what moves us up. You guys, we're only on the charts in Paraguay or Uruguay, one of the ways. <laughs> and it would be nice to be on a chart somewhere closer. Although we, hey, Uruguay, we appreciate you and we love you. <laughs> I was going to um, say. By the way, we're back up. We're back up a couple of points, so there I appreciate that. So, I do. Wait, I want to say yeah, one more please, thing about no, my lovely brother slay, because. Girl. Um, some of you probably know by now that we have a really sick sense of humor, right? And um, my brother's a little bit older than I. He had kids before I did. And so when I had my first daughter, Allison, um, who uh, was a very colicky child and all sorts of specialness, but she's beautiful now, um, I called him and I'm like, I don't know what to do. The baby won't sleep. And without missing a beat, he said, have you tried putting a pillow over her head? <laughs> Died laughing and parenting stress went way down. And so, yeah, it's nice to have everybody here. Wonderful. Well, now is the time where I beg for reviews. So if you also like what you're seeing and or hearing and now seeing here today for all of you, uh, leave a review. Five star reviews go to Apple and Spotify. Anything less than that goes to Fran at AskJeeves.com. And <laughs> she, she checks that regularly. Yep, she will get that. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, where are we headed next? What do you well, th- What do you think, Brody? Oh my God, here we go. We can't oh going God. to Pound Town. That's where it's we're. It's only been a year. What All do you right, think we're gonna do. All right, we are. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the fantastic factoid, which, by the way, was suggested by Colin. I'm going to throw that out to him. But anyway, factoid: sixteen percent of married couples, according to Web. MD, sixteen percent have sex two to three times per week. Ridiculous. Twenty. Just settle down. Twenty-five percent have had sex weekly. Another study published in 2019 found 47 percent of married couples had sex less than once a week. Shout out to my people. <laughs> CNN. Thank 
Thank you, Jim and Mark. According to CNN Health, <laughs> all groups of men, gay, bisexual, heterosexual, orgasm more than all groups of women, <laughs> said David Frederick, assistant professor of psychology at Chapman University. And more less, deep listen facts to this. Here wait, 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 wait. Just calm the beer. Sorry. And lesbian women orgasm even more than heterosexual women. So what the fuck is going on? Uh, they know what they're doing. That's what's yeah. going Apparently, on. I'm I just saying. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So we have a there's special less, there's guest. There's less training and teaching that takes place, Apparently, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But we have special guests today, like sex experts. Like, seriously. <laughs> that was the joke we were going to tell that we are not that. But. <laughs> So, for those who don't know, I'll introduce the the special guest is my lovely bride uh, of 15 years, Dr. Brian Mueller, uh, OBGYN. She may have, thank you, she may have delivered some of your babies, she may have seen some of your vaginas, I don't know, and I don't want to know. So... Uh, but this is uh, this is an episode that it was close to us, and, and I, I think everybody can relate that as you go through life, you you get married and you have like a ton of sex and it's great, and then you have like kids and they're super boner kills, right? And then you're you're doing the kid thing, and then you're doing you're doing the the your career thing, and like you're you're just trying to live life, but then you as a couple sort of you lose your space, um, and. Uh, so I, I'm talking over you now, but, um, you're kind of giving away the milk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> introduce yourself, Dr. Brian Mueller. <laughs> oh, I'm going to introduce, introduce Brody. Like, I don't know. I haven't listened to all your podcasts. I'm Damn super it, sorry. never listened to I'm one. Super sorry. But, <laughs> but I don't know if you guys all know this, but Brody went to college. So here's like an anecdote that doesn't have to do <laughs> Should with Should we that. be surprised oh. by that? Yeah. Yeah. Brody's not as dumb went, as you might think. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we met. Uh, he actually went to college. He sought out a very expensive private school in Minnesota because he wanted to be a radio personality. Ooh. So I don't know who knows that, but he I wanted didn't. to be like Brody in the morning. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he worked for Cities ninety seven for I don't know in the Twin Cities. I was an intern for yeah. one semester. It was it, anyway it was poorly. <laughs> anyway, so like when I met him, uh, that was his path, and I was like, we were cool. <laughs> anyway, he changed everything. So he actually met a professor that changed his life. Her, her name is Carol Brees, and she taught marriage and family communication. And so I think it was, you had even walked um, for yeah, graduation. Yeah, it was my last class yeah. in college and he like, took during the summer. a marriage and family communication class, and he said, actually, I changed my mind. I want this. This is what I want. I love this topic. I want to be all about it. I think this is so cool. Um, and so that's what Brody's background in is. And then he went to get his master's in social work at um, St. Louis University, and he figured out that he hates counseling. He hates it. <laughs> He's not for everybody. He's the worst. It's not. And so he oh, I wouldn't call him the worst, but it's not for everybody. No, Brody. No. He thinks it's worse. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, he counseling had, is a very good thing. I don't want to counsel you. Yeah. That's, let me yeah, be clear totally, about that. Absolutely. Um, and then actually in St. Louis, also a funny anecdote about Brody is that he was a sex educator for high risk schools in St. Louis. So, uh, which are all of them. <laughs> so I don't want to use the word like high risk or I don't know how do I describe this rough rough areas and yeah. so this white Minnesotan uh, Lakeville boy would go in there and be like hi guys how's it going and they'd like steal his cell phone yeah. <laughs> I was trained by a six foot four black man named Salim. Yes. Uh, and he, his opening line was, my name's Salim. A lot of people ask me if I'm Muslim. You put a ham in front of me, you see what happens. <laughs> but he just did but not fuck around at all. But a lot of work that Brody did was like, hey, say the words. Do the work. Like, say say what, the, what we're talking about. Like, don't beat around the bush. Like, it is what it is. These are, anyway, so I don't know. I thought that was a cool uh, anecdote about our qualifications. But to reiterate, we are not sex therapists. Um, I went to school uh, at the same school Brody did, and then I did medical school at USC. I did my residency program, which is OBGYN specialty training in St. Louis University, and I've been here actually ever since. So um, we're we, so lucky to have you too. We well, really are. Yeah. We're lucky to have them. A round of applause for Fran and Becky for oh. two years. Absolutely. This is Absolutely. Two years of this podcast, and mm -hmm. you know they didn't. I wasn't sure they were going to make it past the first three episodes. So, and, uh, oh, thanks for the faith. Bro. Yeah, well, we appreciate you had to that. redo them. So, and you know, we what? are knocking on the door of 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. and I think we're at like 90, 95,000 downloads. 
And we don't want her to get a big head, and she won't because she'll never in a million years listen to this episode. Um, but in the the couple of weeks since our daughter, since our daughter Allison has taken over, um, it's been amazing. It's kind of weird what somebody who knows what social media is and, and does it for you. I used to send her things off a of Canva, and she'd be like, "Oh, if you were a sixth grader doing a PowerPoint, this would be amazing." And I couldn't even argue because it was so true. So okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get started here. So uh, the disclaimers we're gonna get started with disclaimers, right? So Brina's an OBGYN. She will deliver your babies, and she does that very well. Uh, she explained my history in sex education. Obviously, these two are accomplished uh, mm-hmm. therapists, but mm-hmm. nobody's a sex therapist, right? We no. Brina and I are just two people who figure this out and feel. I don't even. I mean, we've had sex three times by the third time. Three kids. Yeah, by the so, third time, we were way better. We're, so, we're gonna talk so, to you about what we yeah. Uh, so. The the things that we're going to be talking to, we don't want to be tone deaf, right? So the things that we are going to be talking about tonight are for people um, who don't have significant sexual trauma, who don't have significant sexual pain. Like those are separate things, right? So I want to be super clear about that. So the things that we're talking about are for um if you, again, have woke up after 15 years of marriage and been like, oh, you're still here and we should probably have sex more, um, then that is, that's who we're talking to. So there are lots of other issues and Fran and Becky can get into that as well, but it's, it's for the, it, significant sexual trauma or abuse or all that, that's different from what we're talking about here. And also, like, even the small topic that we're going to be able to cover today for an hour is, like, the iceberg. Like, it's the top of the tippy top of the iceberg. There's so much more to this topic that we are not going to cover. I do want to give a mention, though. Um, we don't have a lot of sex therapists in South Dakota, but the Kimberly Kaiser Group in Sioux Falls um, does have some um, employed certified sex therapists. So if that is something you're interested in, again, it's the Kimberly Kaiser Group, and they are in Sioux Falls. So, I mean, to go back to Fran's factoid, like, what is normal? I think that that is, uh, that's the crux of it all, right? That's what How many times do you get asked, like, how often should I be having sex? I don't know. I mean, you guys, what do you, do you see in your counseling? What, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What I, do people ask you? Are we having it enough? Are we having it? No, well, very rarely are we having it too much. Right. Or yeah. couples fighting because yeah. somebody is wants sex all the time. The other one wants to go shopping uh-huh. and there's no like coming together. Right. <laughs> when I did <laughs> to, be able um, to do a visual, <laughs> when I did premarital counseling with couples at Bethlehem and there's a couple of couples that I, I was counseled. hoping you were yeah. going to talk about that. Um, we actually, what I appreciated, we used a, a nationwide uh, or actually an international program called Prepare and Rich, and that's what our church chose to use, and they would have us as therapists meet with the couples. And what I thought was really cool about this, um, it was like a thousand questions. Well, not quite a thousand, but it's a lot of questions. All, everything on a Likert scale, but they talked about sex. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool because let's have that conversation now. But what was always awkward was it was like the second time we would meet, I would meet with a couple, and I'd be like, hi, we've known each other for like 70 minutes. Let's talk about sex. And they're like, hmm, at our church, okay. Okay, let's do that. But we did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. I think every single every single day, um, I meet someone who is. Uh, I mean, in all kinds of ways, who's like, "Am I normal? Am I normal?" And I, I think it has grown to like break my heart a little bit. And um, so we'll get to that. Um, but some of the common pro- problems that people have is like Brandon and Becky said, like libido mismatch. So that is, I mean, so 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 common. One person wants to hang out way more than the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, differing expectations, like what you, especially with like premarital, what you thought sex would be like, mm-hmm. right? Especially when you're when you're young. Uh, the way that we form those opinions is very different than what is actual reality. Looking at you, pornography. So, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. also looking at, I mean, I'm not the only person who was raised in the Midwest in a certain time <laughs> that believed for 20 years or was told for 20 years that sex is dangerous and it is bad. And you are in trouble if you do this. And, and it's dirty. And it's dirty. Mm-hmm. It's Oof. dirty. Yeah. Oof. You, don't you will do get that. pregnant and you will die. Mm. <laughs> Re- oh, really? Right? Yeah. 20 years of that. That's really hard to hardwire out of yourself. My sex talk is if you come home pregnant, don't come home. Yeah. There it was. Yikes. Woo! It was succinct. It got That's the so message across. <laughs> Sandra was so loving and supportive in every other area. That's weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, wants and desires on both, both parts. Uh, we're going to talk about brakes and gas pedals, things mm-hmm. that put the brakes on, on your desire, arousal, whatever, and things that, um, do the opposite. Talk about medications. 
So mm-hmm. medications and birth control and all that, like uh, SSRIs, they all have, or not all, many of them have a huge impact on mm-hmm. on sex drive and libido, mm-hmm. uh, but as well as physical pain, right? Like if you're uh, even to like low back pain, right? There's It's a physical activity. Uh, I'm looking at the fat guys for cardio. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, you, you got to put in the stamina there. You got to switch positions, right? And so... Um, but there's, there's, there's also, a look we never wanted. Yeah, <laughs> a look so into their sex life. Thank you for that. Yeah. There's there's also seasons, right? And so we're going to talk about this uh, more that there are seasons in, in your life and seasons in your marriage where it's okay that you're not having sex as often, mm-hmm. right? And seeds still grow um, even in the winter, right? Trees grow deeper roots in the winter. And so our our sexual seasons as well, Things in the, we're talking kids, we're talking work, we're talking school. You know all the things that play into that. Um, that that's okay. It's mm-hmm. all just part of the part mm-hmm. of the cycle of it. If I had a nickel for every mom mm-hmm. of you know three kids under four or something, and she's Ew. like, I really I know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and was like, I I just don't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, how could you? I mean, you are <laughs> so busy. And what if that's okay? And what mm-hmm. if you are okay? And what if you're normal? And what if your entire body and how you think about your body and um, your boobs that were sexy, but now they are providing <laughs> sustenance for someone else. Like everything about your identity as a person has changed drastically. And now you're like, uh, you're flat. I mean, it's, I feel like that you are not uncommon. My mm-hmm. husband said that when, when we had our son, Jacob, and I would breastfeed him, that he would look into Jim's eyes and be like, sorry, sucker. <laughs> These are mine. <laughs> of course he did. But then one day I looked down and I'm like, he is. Oh my God. Right Jim's soul. And then he would take his tiny little finger and I think even more than that, I mean, we talked about about church and family and friends and, you know, the things that you've experienced in your life. You take a story into the bedroom, right? In your head, you have a story of what I've always done, what I should do, what I should look like, what it, how long it should take. You all bring that into the bedroom. And, like, how does that impact you? So Brody and Brian are too young for this, but how many of you remember Tani Katane? I thought that was what sexy was. And don't get me wrong, she was totally sexy. One yeah. person raised her hand. Right? Wasn't she like the, the video? Like she was the girl and she's my cherry pie? Yeah. And she had that amazing red hair and like the big fake boobs. And I was probably like 15, 16, 17. And I'm like, oh, that's what sexy is. <laughs> I was not those things. But, but also think about this. You had that one comparison, right? Yeah. But uh, oh. my girls are going to grow up with a, with a constant comparison mm. of, of what they should should be and what should they should look yeah. like and uh, what is appealing uh, in ways that I don't I don't think I can even understand. Mm. You will though. Mm-hmm. Oh, will you ever? <laughs> so oftentimes there's there's medical issues and again those are a different thing, right? Like if there's pain or if there's certain medical issues, they're they're less common than just communication issues, right? Um, just the the drifting apart, the different seasons, and then you never come back together and that type of thing. Um, but what what Brie or talk about what you wanted to call this? I think I think like I said, common things, and I think common is is uh, I'll say it just to normalize it. I mean, I every single day someone comes in and says, "Hey, you know, we talk about everything that needs to be talked about," and at the end they're like, "Hey, so my husband just like really wants me to bring this up. Like, I don't have sex with him anymore. So he just like wants me to talk about that." And I don't know. I I feel like um, anyway. I think that. This could uh, I, these the talk could be called things I wish I could tell you in that moment, but I don't have time. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on that particular situation and all kinds of situations that are related to that. And oftentimes I do not have this hour or these books or things to talk about with people, but I wish I did. So anyway, we'll do a, a tiny bit. Just and can I just bring up a gender issue? I, I just have. You're to. looking right at me. Either. Go yeah, ahead. I know. Why is it the guy, the guy is sending the wife to say, I don't want to ever have sex right now. I'm like, wait, wait, ah, ah. and so wait. And so why is it though? Why isn't the guy going to somebody saying, hey, my wife doesn't want to do it with me. Is there something I should be doing different? Should I be changing my, my expectations? Okay, should let's I be real. go if fishing? They, if what, they what? did that most of the time, what is a provider going to say? 
Well, it depends on who they go to. If they go so, to a therapist or a provider. Right. I think I think a lot of providers, and I'm hoping this is changing because um, we've got a lot of amazing providers here and in the audience, um, but I think a lot of providers um, in the past would say, oh, what's wrong with your wife? Is she, is she depressed? How's what, your relationship? How's your relationship? Mm-hmm. Is she happy? And it's like, what, what if it's more than that? What if she's really happy and everything's great and skippy and she loves me, but she just doesn't feel like having sex? What if she's tired as fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's got 35 rolls right. to do and she's juggling 29 plates in there. So, and I guess, what if, what if I said out loud that, that that is okay and that is normal and you are not bad and you are not wrong, but also if you don't want that and if you want something else, you can also achieve you know, wallpaper peeling, bra on the ceiling fan, amazing sex also, if you mm-hmm. wanted that. I mean. Mm-hmm. The answer to your question, Fran, is that it's, it, you're absolutely right. Like the burden falls on the woman many times. And when we were going through this this morning and talking about like takeaways, like what's the one thing I could take away or what I wanted to put out is it, it takes two to tango here. Mm-hmm. And the communication part is that we're moving into next, it goes, it has to be both. So mm-hmm. put yourself in. Has to be both. Yeah, I mean, put yourself in, in any woman's shoes who's like, now what's wrong with me? My husband says I need to, to whatever, fill in the blank, you know. Um, you know, that's all on her. How, what a lonely position to come in and be like, I'm, I guess I got to fix myself because my husband thinks that something's wrong with me. Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Instead of like, hey, maybe if I ask him to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about where some of these expectations for, for sex come from, right? Jim also so, will not listen to this, by the way. No, he won't. He's <laughs> already told me that. He dropped off shit and left tonight. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll talk about who's he not going to listen to this. He actually ran. I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> you invited your brother, and I think that's amazing, and I love it. But Brody, Are you my, kidding? He showed up. That was really amazing. <laughs> So my dad is in town, and Brody's oh, no. like, do you want to invite your dad to this? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> fuck no. What? what? No. Yeah. Absolutely Why would we do not. That? No. Yeah, it's bad enough my staff are here, so, you know, uh, that's, that's great. No. Um, so some of these, where these expectations come from and, like, how it affects us, right? So, like, uh, high school health class, right? If you have sex, you will get pregnant and you will die. Or you will get an STD and you will die. And a lot of people, that was literally the only education they got. You know, and oof. it's mm-hmm. it doesn't really set a set a picture porn. OK, so we are living in a generation now that uh, researchers say that we have an entire generation of men and women who have been raised on porn. And, and not, not like like here, kids go watch this. <laughs> we're saying like, all of their sexual. Oh, yeah, no, we're not saying it. that. We're no, saying like no. because of this vacuum that was left. Right. So uh, so the P.E. teacher gave you like a handout on what's a uterus. Right. And then that's all they got. <laughs> and so what did they do? They went on the Internet after their parents went to sleep or whatever. Well, yeah, because now we have cell phones. We have these mobile devices yep. where you can download porn anytime, mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, and supposedly like undetected, but I just feel like it gives everybody a virus literally and figuratively. So, um, but I do. And I think I, as a therapist, I will tell you that porn addiction is one of the things I do not appreciate treating. Not that I won't treat it and not that I don't understand it, but it's so pervasive. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying to help somebody overcome this addiction and it's at their fingertips day and night, it's really rough. And there's real neurotransmitters that are released. Yeah. Like do- the dopamine hit that you get from that is on level with, I mean, other Math. things. That, yeah. But yeah. it's mm-hmm. also different than the hormone that you get. The, it's different from oxytocin, right? So the oxytocin is the bonding hormone that you get when you have uh, a bonded sexual intercourse with somebody. And for men, especially, they've been, I just saw a TikTok, if you can, if, if we can quote that as a source, but. Uh, <laughs> And you give me shit about my sources. <laughs> but it's it's a different chemical that's released, but men who are in those bonded pairs releasing that oxytocin will resist going and finding the thirst traps. Like my TikTok is full of nerd videos. Did you guys see the Shocker. I know the hyperspace whales in Mandalorian last night? Holy <laughs> cats. Oh no? Okay. All right, anyway, moving on. Other sources of expectation could be, you know, Brian. <laughs> Like literature. <laughs> Who read Fifty Shades? I refuse to. You don't have to okay. raise your hands, yeah. but but I appreciate if you do. I appreciate yeah. if you do. Like I was in training, right? And all the nurses at the nurse's station was reading this book. And I was like, oh, what's that about? And they're like, never you mind. And uh, if you don't know, you know. But I think that changed a lot. It's But it set expectations uh, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, your friends, right? And I think especially... Uh, 
boys are probably bad at this. Uh, it goes both ways, but the expectation of what you think sex is going to be like from your friends who may or may not have actually had sex uh, is is really a, a it's a piss poor education and a piss poor uh, set of expectations. Or movies. Like, gosh, I watched all those romantic rom-coms, right? Mm-hmm. They fall in love and they get married and then like fade to black and then like you find yourself in this constant like fade to black. Like, right? <laughs> I'm in, the, in between. Anyway. But don't you think communicating is about sex? Like you can talk about anything, mm-hmm. but you can't talk about sex. And a lot of women don't want to talk about sex because then the guy's going to get horny and they have to put out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, no. Let's talk about the weather. Let's right. talk about Baseball. fertilizing the crop. We got to harness that power, Fran. We got to harness that power and use it for good. <laughs> but I think there is a like, it's so weird to me that you know, if, if I'm going to use my husband and I for an example. Okay, so we've been married for 30 years. We have three kids together. The man has seen me birth a child out my vagina and has seen my belly cut open twice. And yet, if you're in that situation, um, it's not hard for me to talk about this, but it could be hard for a couple to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. The thing that literally created the babies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you've, you've seen my inner stomach lining, but it would be weird to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. And, it, and why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think be, because sex is dual purpose, right? So we we have uh, biologically we uh, sex feels good, so that we procreate more and propagate the species, right? And mm-hmm. so, uh, but we as cerebral beings, we know that we can separate those two, right? Yeah. And so to know that sex feels good, but you can also use it for power. You can use it for exchange of goods. You can use it for uh, for all kinds of things. For and exercise. So, you can burn calories. Absolutely, you can. You're not the only one that keeps their smartwatch on. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Jim, Jim, stop. I got to, I got to, okay, all right. In, in, indoor activity. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't have uh, sex. But, <laughs> but if we did, I would turn my smartwatch on. Yeah. Set it to boxing. There you go. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess going back to a previous topic, like, um, if you think of a generation of men who, uh, may or may not have gotten the information that they were seeking from a source such as what is readily available, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that women are not portrayed the same as men in that medium. Um, and so I feel like that's super important to note. Number one, that women are treated differently in that, in that arena than men are, um, in the majority of it. I mean, obviously like there's outliers, but that's important to realize, like, who internalizes that? Does the man internalize, the young man internalize that and take that forward? Does Are you a woman? talking about, like, what a woman is portrayed in porn? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, what do you mean they're portrayed differently? I think that women in porn are portrayed as enjoying things that men enjoy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I also feel that men and women in porn are portrayed as tools to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I say that? Word? And we are definitely not anti-porn. No, definitely no. not. Yeah, no. say that for most of us no. up here. And I think it's... Once you understand it's a performance yes. art. Yes, and the second yeah. thing is right. that it's a performance art. Yeah. Like, I feel like I need to, like, scream that to the rooftops. Like, like what they're doing is not pleasurable for them, even while they're doing it. Like, <laughs> watch the bus. I mean, is there behind the scenes? I I'm don't sure. Know. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, what they're doing is it photographs well. That's why they're doing it. They, they're doing it because it looks uh, more visually pleasing. But that is not pleasurable for, I would argue, either person. Mm-hmm. I remember, like all the time. I shouldn't say every time. I remember a friend of mine right after she got divorced. She's like, okay, so like I'm in my mid forties and now I'm in the dating world again. Do I have to bleach my asshole? Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, that's something. <laughs> so then we had this great talk about, do you bleach an asshole? Don't you bleach an asshole? And because this is the friend group I run in, we ended it with maybe a Clorox pen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, Brian, probably not. Okay. Probably not. See, now my head would go to, she was talking about the guy she was dating. Do you bleach the asshole? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, about my own butthole. What they do in Chicago is a different... <laughs> when, when an Italian says bleach the asshole, a man better go running. Oh, oh my God, Fran, I love you. <laughs> so when we start to talk with our partner about exploring what we do want, right? So this is super not easy at the beginning, right? You're, you're starting to talk about things that maybe you've never told another person. Another and maybe you have a hard time expressing to yourself. Like right? it's all easy and well and good to be like talk to your partner, and I think it's it's 
super hard in practice. And we're not talking about like I want you to put me in a cage and you know like that type of stuff. But if you are, stuff. whatever, we're not, whatever. Right. We're not yeah. shaming at all. Mm-mm. At, at mm-hmm. all, I'm just saying like it. There's there's degrees to this, but it, when you're, I like it when you do this. Right, that's still really hard to say, even if you think it's super vanilla. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the things. So both of you come to the table or to the bedroom with a set of expectations. Right. And we've just laid out where all those expectations come from. But voice those. This is what I thought it would be like. Mm-hmm. And this is what it is like. And how can we reconcile those mm-hmm. things? Right. And to just be super, super vocal about that. Um, when we talk about frequency. So the factoid was about frequency. Right. And so if there is a super huge mismatch, like I want it every day, but I want it once in a fortnight, whatever a fortnight is, <laughs> then what, what is, what can you both live with? I feel like, and I feel like that's a better point. I mean, it goes for everything that, uh, was it you who told me expectations are the seed of all disappointment. Right. Mm-hmm. And I expected you yeah. to understand that that laundry was sitting there. Like I expected you to understand that the dishes weren't done and you just didn't do it. And now I'm pissed. This at was you. a conversation we had two days ago. Yes. <laughs> the same goes for everything else. Like the same goes for sex. Like I, I really thought that it was going to be this way. I thought that I was going to spontaneously want to jump your bones 24 seven. And I don't. And now that I don't know what's going on with me or what, you know, or I expected we would have sex every day and now we aren't. And I don't know. I have to tell you guys. So when our kids were little and we were in that season, right. I said to Jim, he's going to murder me, but he'll never hear this. Um, I said, I feel like we could have sex every day and it still wouldn't be enough. And he goes, we should try that. (laughs) There's no bad ideas in brainstorming, Becky. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So once you have the foundation of, like, feeling safe and you're starting to talk to each other, the tendency to, like, let's spice things up is let's go to a specific act. Yep. Like, let's try this. Yeah. Things are boring. I don't want to I don't want to have sex with you anymore. I know. Let's try anal. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's a, I guess if there was a take home point that I would underline, I would say if you're struggling or if you're, if there's a problem or if there's, if there's a mismatch, if you're, um, if there's any struggle, maybe not jump to a specific act. Now we tried this and that's going to save our marriage. If I had any message that I just really would want to, to take home, it would be like, start with talking first. And I think that's braver. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think that it is, uh, it's maybe in some ways easier to talk about fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. An act that you want to do. I think it's braver to look someone in the eye that you've been with for 15 years and say, we're here. And I, I don't know that I'm cool here. Like, are you cool here? Cause Mm -hmm. I've always wanted this. And he'd be like, and you have all these thoughts. Maybe he'll tell me that I'm stupid for not telling him this in the beginning. And I haven't now, uh, you know, I think, I think it's a different level of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Right. So some tips for talking to your starting these conversations, right? So schedule it, schedule the conversation. Hey, on Tuesday morning, after the kids go to school, we're going to go to breakfast and we're going to talk about this sex. is like how to talk to your partner. We're going to go to the millstone here in town and <laughs> we're going to have the rancher skillet. Yeah. And we're you're always talk welcome about at the sex. market. You're always welcome at the market. Yes, you are. <laughs> or, hey, we'll drop the kids off and then come back home for a half day and we're going to talk about sex. Right? And don't spring it on them. Don't be like, hey, I see you're making an omelet. Hey, just. You know, going to throw this out Speaking there. Speaking of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> or when you're angry or like yeah. right after you just had a fight about it. But like we're going to talk about it. Have a state of the union, right? Have mm-hmm. a state of the sexy union of <laughs> what we what we want to do. And, and that th- might change. That's maybe a yearly thing. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a start doing it maybe once. But then own the awkwardness, right? Mm-hmm. Own that it's going to be awkward. Own that it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes to hear your partner say things and to for you to say things. And again, these, these conversations should be ongoing because things will continue to go. And I would like to say not only could this bring about um, a, better, a better sex life, if you will, since that's what we're talking about, but as a therapist, I'm here to tell you that those conversations, if done well and received well, will actually bring an amazing amazing emotional intimacy and you Mm -hmm. can't put a price on that absolutely and once you have that foundation by god do the uh swing whatever Mm -hmm. yeah the act that you want to tackle yeah i mean just say do we have the supports in our bedroom for a sex swing like let's go find the studs that's the important part Uh, so be specific about your wants and desires, but also what you don't want okay and so guys i'm talking to you turn off the ego on this part 
Okay, because sometimes we strut into that bedroom with our Harley pants on and our backwards hat, and we think we're going to give it to you. But, but she's looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? I hate every minute of this, right? And so it's you have to be able to hear. So the other partner has to be able to say, when you do this thing, I hate it. And you have, you I told him once. I told him I'm going to share this one personal antidote. Oh, no. I promise. No, no, like, no. Oh, I know. I told him that I. You guys don't tell I told anyone. him that I really like Paul Rudd. Who likes Paul Rudd? Like he's oh, yeah. everybody likes he's Paul so Rudd. Handsome. No, but he's not. So you don't get turned on by Paul Rudd. You he's don't get turned on by man of the year. You get Come turned on. on by that. What's his name? Anthony Manscotti or whatever. No, Sebastian Manis. You Manicotti. Manascalco, not Manicotti. Manicotti. Sebastian Tortellini. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Oh, my God. So, do you know what? I just want to put oh. it out there. If he would be a guest on my show, I would literally piss my pants. Like, I would totally, I'd is die. That how you, is that how Mark knows you're turned on? <laughs> when Wait I a wake minute. up, Mark hopes I'm turned on. I smell urine. It's a good thing. <laughs> You are a we're, sick fox. We're not here to king shame, Fran. No. no. <laughs> Go for it, girl. <laughs> get, get it. Get it. Get it. So Paul Rudd has this movie. Um, oh, my God. Anybody I'm... see Wanderlust? Hot Flash. Wanderlust? Or is it after 40? This is 40. No, I think it's Wanderlust. Oh. And so they go to this, like, community. It's him and Jennifer Aniston. You guys are in for a treat right now. And he's got this whole <laughs> speech he does. So they're going to they're gonna swing. They're going to, like, have sex with other people. And he's like, I'm going to give you my dick. <laughs> got, a, got a big old brimming bowl full of fuck for you. Like, it's just... I'm gonna put my dick in your bag. Like it's all, you can look it up. That's what it is. And so I would do that playfully. And oh my god! What is like, wrong with you? I like all hilarious. the way turned around yeah. and like exited the situation. I was just like, honey, like absolutely not. Like ten out of ten. Just, just stood there with my brimming bowl full of fuck and like, what am I gonna do with no, it? Now? I just like. I'd be like, I, I gotta do laundry or something. Oh my god! <laughs> like yeah, I would do this. like anything else. So we had to have an honest, like, an honest conversation. Like, darling, I love you dearly, but woof, ditch the ball run. <laughs> I can't even believe you admitted that. <laughs> He's super woke. He's super woke. Remember? He's still gonna do it, you guys. He's still gonna do it. He's still gonna do it. Like we just did this, and he's still gonna do it. I guarantee it. You ain't getting laid. All I'm saying is, whatever Brody just did, don't ever do that. Don't ever. God. Paul Rudd is the sexiest man alive this year. Check it out first, at least. Somebody might be into that. We don't know. No. I'm just so going along with that. Don't get your feelings hurt with men. I think that the the opposite side of that, and I think it. This is this is uh, so important. And if you, I'm looking at you, women, is be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the more that you are pretending that things are feeling better than they are, the worse it is. Um, because he cannot understand. Both of you cannot work on what is working and what isn't if you're not honest about what's working and what isn't. <laughs> so I think that one of the best things you can possibly do is just commit to be like, I actually am just going to tell you that that isn't feeling really good at all. <laughs> or I had a really good time, but I didn't orgasm. Yeah. Right. Like even that is yep. is great because then at least I'm not thinking I'm a rock star. <laughs> right. And I'm, then I'm do I'm going to continue to do those in ineffective things mm-hmm. that I just did. Okay, in wait, 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 wait. I got to say something here. OK. In a study of 2000 Americans, four in 10 feel like they have never experienced a true orgasm. Now think about that. No, wait that's a minute. A Everybody's like, eh. what? That's a fuck ton of people, and they should not feel shame for mm-hmm. not thinking or feeling, perceiving that I did not have a true orgasm. So what? Maybe they are having a warm, communal, connected, yeah. emotionally mm-hmm. connected experience. I think that's so incredibly right? important. Right? I think that's really important not to shame people because obviously a lot of people feel that way for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And even if you never have that capability, it doesn't mean you're a failure. Well, I want to know more, though. I want to know why. Why didn't For, they? We're we going to do another podcast yeah, on that. Okay, That's a right. whole but different I think, thing. I think that the Fran's point is incredibly important and it should be emphasized that uh, that is not one size fits all. It is not like, like a movie had like this, the beginning and the middle and the end, and this is what we do. That is not what it has to be. And I would re-emphasize that pleasure is the measure. 
right? It's a little mnemonic, but pleasure is the measure, right? Orgasm is not the measure. Time is not the measure. Um, quantity is not the measure. Paul if Rudd you, is not the measure. He's not the measure. <laughs> no. But Poor pleasure Paul is the measure. Rudd. You like, are, if you're feeling pleasure and if you had a good time, but you didn't didn't orgasm, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That is very much okay, and that is part of it. And that's that's that should be a, a, a that should be okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, have fun with this conversation, right? It's the time to talk about fantasies. It's the time to talk about, I, I saw this. Like, would you ever want to try that? I had like, a dream about you. Do you want to hear about yeah, it? Yeah. You know, like it's that kind of stuff. You can have the, the, the fun with it. And that is, um, it really, it really adds to it. But be curious, not judgmental, right? Ted Lasso fans, anybody? I suppose it's a Walt <laughs> Whitman fan first, but uh, <laughs> Ted Lasso fans. So be, be curious, but not judgmental. I'm not judging what you're saying. So one of the, uh, things that we've, and we'll talk about this in sources, but um, there's John Deloney. Anybody know the John Deloney show? Part of the Ramsey Network. Anyway, he's like the mental health guy of the Ramsey Network. Um, another great mental health podcast. Birdie you, cheats on us. I do. Uh, <laughs> religiously. So it's, I don't even listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> Uh, so he said it, it's the John Deloney erotic envelope system. Okay. So you both go out, you go to Walgreens or whatever, and you get, you get five envelopes and some note cards and you write down something you want to do. And you may not know how it's physically possible, or maybe it's, I just want a French kiss for a bit because we haven't done that in 10 years. Right. And then you shuffle the envelopes up and then you, it, you commit to once a week, we're going to open it up and we're going to do what, the, what is on that envelope. It takes the vulnerability off of you because the envelope is whatever's in the envelope. That's the weird thing. Like, and, but the other partner can be like, I don't know what, what, what do you, what is this? I don't know how it's physically possible. You're like, I don't know either, but we're going to, we're going to figure it out. Does, right. Does the other partner get a veto just in case? You totally. could. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Just checking. But yeah. I think be curious, uh, both with yourself and, and, and with mm-hmm. your partner and having some empathy for yourself and for your partner. Uh, I don't know. But also to be honest about pain, right? Past, present, and uh, well, I guess not future pain, but past and present, right? If something in a previous relationship, really, that's a no-go. Like, I can't do that. There's trauma or whatever. You got to be honest about that because mm-hmm. no one wants to walk into that bear trap. So. And that's emotional pain. So if there's right. physical pain, though, I'm going to say you have to talk to your doctor about that. Mm-hmm. Um, physical pain during intercourse or um, any sort of like sexy time, if you will, um, even if it's not intercourse, um, can be an indicator of something else that's going on. So please talk to your provider about that. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about when sex becomes the next, just another thing to do, right? Anybody ever experienced this no. in their life, right? No, not the part. <laughs> you don't have to raise your hands, but it's... Everyone raise their hands. I did. I found my soul sister, and she's sitting right in front of me. I see you. I hear you. It's just another the box. thing to do. Oh my God, I, can I go to sleep now, finally? <laughs> I've never thought that. One of the things that um, I, I think has, has really helped us is you schedule it. And that is not sexy at all. But <laughs> unscheduled sex is sex you're not having, especially when you're in your mid to late 30s, your 40s. You got kids. You got activities like we're out till seven o'clock every <laughs> damn night with some karate and jujitsu and singing and some other shit. Right. So but unscheduled sex is sex you're not having. If you schedule it, though, then you're sexy texting all day long. I can't. <laughs> I'm serious. The foreplay starts at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. People come to me, or they t- say all the time, I'm like, schedule it, or, or suggest something to that effect. And they're like, well, that's not sexy at all. I want it to just spontaneously happen. It's like, well, if you're running around a marathon, or if you have a goal in your life, the odds of it spontaneously happening is pretty low. So schedule it. Make it a priority. Um, John Gottman, has a, who's a relationship expert. He's a um, like, expert expert. Totally. Mm-hmm. Expert of He's, experts. He said that um, you know the people who make it are the people who prioritize sex at their, in their marriage. First of all, he says that they're friends first, and they're a stable, solid friendship. Um, the second thing is that they, they make it a priority that the, we are going to spend time together naked. So. I, I just want to say, too, I think couples with communication need to communicate about what foreplay is. Now, yep. for you guys, maybe it is sexy texting all day. Mm-hmm. For somebody else, it may be you cleaned my house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Or for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And for 
somebody else. Or you gave the kids a bath and put them to bed. Amen. Amen. And for somebody else, it may be we had an uninterrupted, intimate conversation, right? Without uh, some kids saying, Mommy, wipe my butt. Totally. And I think talking about fantasies also is foreplay. You know, Mm -hmm. even just talking about it, uh, that's super important. We'll get on to the turn on and turn offs. Yeah, so let's go into that now. So one of the references we're using for this is... We didn't think of this. Did you know that? We didn't think of all this information. we're stealing this. We stole it from other people. This is the gold standard. Okay. So Emily Nagatsky's book, Come As You Are. Okay. For, yeah. Go for, go ahead. For, for everything we're talking about. So she's a researcher and sex therapist, and she's on the forefront of researching everything about women um, and men and how, how sex works, how orgasm works, all of that. And this book is not only uh, very reasonably priced, it's very appro- approachable. It's not really science uh it, like it's super intimidating as far as reading it, listening to it. She's great to listen to. She's incredibly entertaining and mm. it is fascinating, but also incredibly helpful. Like I can't point to her enough as an expert in the field who is approachable and who it changes lives. So it looks thick, but these are all the acknowledgements and references. Okay. So it's, it's only this big, but it is super approachable. Well, so one of the big things that she talks about is that sexual desire has two, two mechanisms. It's the gas pedal and the brake pedal. Okay. And so some of us ha- are wired with a, uh, a harder gas pedal to push down, and some of us are wired with a harder brake pedal to push down. So the gas pedal is all the things that you think and feel and smell and see that turn you on or that, that arouse you sexually. But the brakes are all the reasons not to do that. We're all here talking about sex. Okay. We're all at least probably a little bit aroused. But there's a lot of reasons not to have sex with the person next to you. And so that's the brake pedal, mm-hmm. right? Just to, to But it can also hey, be baby. like, <laughs> but I mean, it can be cultural things. It can be that you don't feel beautiful or you don't feel uh, like you look right or that you're doing the right thing or the lighting is poor. And it might, you know, all of that, that thing can put a break on it. Or it's contextual, right? I can't concentrate on other things when there's dishes in the sink. Okay. So her Said whole, Brody never. Right. Her <laughs> whole thing is turning the ons on and the offs off. Okay. How do you push harder on the gas and take off the brake? Okay. So the brake would be the offs and the the gas would be the and ons. Men, men can help with that. So I we have um, some different resources that we can definitely distribute. But, you know, figuring out what it is for you that works. And then he can do that stuff for you and help you out. You know, if you said there's a, there's this time that we that we got together and it was awesome. You put the kids to bed. I took a long shower. I was able to do my hair and chill out. And then I felt amazing. And then he he can do that. And then you're setting yourself up uh, as a form of foreplay for sure. I mean, men were very driven into tell me what I can do. Tell me how I can fix this, right? Mm -hmm. So these, identifying what your ons are and your offs are so that you don't do those things inadvertently, so I don't do a Paul Rudd uh, impression (laughs) during the day, it will, it's just going to catapult you into that. But this all, I want to be really clear, this all only happens if you're both talking about it. Mm -hmm. And to be detailed and specific. Yeah. Detailed and specific. I think that clear is kind in any sort of communication. To be clear is to be kind. So some of the other tips just for for better sex. So scheduling, we've talked about that. You can text, you can flirt all day, you can put it on the calendar and like know and look forward to it and all that. And then you can be sure that you're turning your partner's ons on and your offs off, right? Um, and doing all that foreplay. Uh, married sex is only as boring as you make it, right? So if there are desires that you've had, I've always wanted to try this, then now is the in these conversations, that's the time to bring it up. You don't need to jump to uh, swinging, right? You don't need to jump to like, I want to have four other people in here or, or whatever. Let's. Let's just, you start slow. But maybe and you talk about it. Talk maybe about, you talk yeah, about it, it and you say like, hey, I I don't know. Have you ever thought about that? And sometimes just talking about it is sexy enough that things drastically improve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so what is, a, to ask your, your partner, and this is the ons offs, what is a world where you feel the most sexy? Or a time or something like what that. What is a time? Like, how can I make this environment so that you feel the most sexy? And maybe that's dishes and maybe that's the the driveway is snowblown and you can or the kids to bed or whatever it is. Right. Um, But then vocalizing that because it's all about expectations. Right. Like it comes back to the to the seat of expectations. Um, But yeah. And then moving on to 
think we'll kind of uh, wrap it up with like orgasm. So oh wait, let's not skip because yeah. we need yeah. to hit sex toys. Okay, yeah. you're Thank awesome, you, Lena. You were going past it. Oh my God, what is she reaching down for? I brought some oh. sex toys, and I don't Lord, know about you guys. You Giveaway just, prizes. You just shut up. She's in her so Walmart no, bag. Let's see what comes like, out. Do you ever get sick at home and you're like, you know what? I just want to find like a natural remedy. Like I don't want to do the doctor thing. I want to find a natural remedy. You guys, so, none of us know where she's going with this. I'm not joking. This is I don't know if any of you are middle-aged people, but for those of you that are middle-aged and you, like, have sex once every 10 years, this is really important. <laughs> you guys, she's holding up a feather duster. What okay, the hell are you talking about? I was going to give this to Jim for Father's Day. You just dust off the hoo-ha, right? Yeah. You dust it off. Oh, Moths, I tell you. Wait. Oh, now I see And then, once you dust it off, you need to clean it. And this might actually make it disappear so altogether. So now she's got some Mr. Clean Eraser pads. It's not a bad idea. It's really not Can a bad idea. Can I put idea. that on his libido? This, I'm going to give eraser? Becky for no? her birthday, okay. which is coming up because oh. what, I, what I really like about this is she's the not wrong. spray nozzle. She's not wrong. It the covers WD-40 a lot of area without a lot of work. WD-40 you people. Know, that's what Fran thinks I need in my bedroom. Don't laugh. You are terrible. I'm You're just, absolutely terrible. I, oh I think that's really funny, Fran. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> So not condescending. No, so not condescending. But no, but toys, toys are a thing. The point that Fran is driving home, and I, uh, I'm speaking to the men again. Toys are not a your competitor. Okay. Lean into it. Lean into it. There are there are things. Get a generator if you gotta. (laughs) And so, guys, listen to that. Okay. So to flip it, right? There are men, there are sex toys for you that feel way better than what she can do. Okay? So it and if you it, like it go, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like Really? Yeah. <laughs> I am not watching the correct TikToks. <laughs> so toys are tools, okay? They're not your competition. And you you integrate them into the experience, and then it can it can really help to create those like neural pathways for pleasure as well. Mm-hmm. Figure for out sure. what works, man. Figure out what works. And once you have some successes under your belt, it just goes so much easier. <laughs> like uh-huh. anything. Like anything. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like anything. Uh, so take take turns. Yep. Here's I'm gonna get a hat that says "69 is mediocre at best." Okay? <laughs> Take turns giving and receiving pleasure. I'm Man. sorry, that's a hard truth. That's a that's, that's a hot take. Yeah, that's a hot take. That's a takeaway. Take We're gonna take stand away. behind that. I but feel. you can't concentrate on what you're doing while something else is happening to you. So take take turns. Okay. It's, it sounds it, simple, but yeah. It, you can focus way better, and everybody's going to have a way better time. Okay? We all know that Fran's going to have to set her alarm on her phone. Like, the timer's going to go off. Time to switch. <laughs> but Mark will be happy. He won't care. Finally, something. <laughs> and then at the end, don't forget about aftercare, right? I feel like there's, uh, did anybody, there's the thing that comes to my head is burn after reading did anybody see that movie um yeah yeah. um george clooney Clooney would have sex with the the girl he's having sex with he goes well maybe i can get a run in and he'd just go (laughs) off about his day right so aftercare the whole point of like sitting with the other person and this is for both of you right sitting with each other feeling that and we we may not say it but a lot of these things uh 98 of what we're seeing it has a research study to back what we're saying Mm -hmm. so that particular research study and i try not to dry it up with like call it like talking about this all the time but you said dry it up lube is very important yeah do that yeah. um but there's there's research to suggest that your sex life will drastically improve directly correlated to the minutes you spend cuddling after intercourse so i mean some, time a little yeah. bit of nikki time totally yep. totally uh, lube is important. Silicone lube, that's the best. That's the top. And then it kind of goes down from there. And so uh, spit, don't do that. Just get grow up. Ew. And just, I'm, oh, well, you did not. Look, at, look, this is what we've been trained to with porn, though. Like, look at it. Oh, I know. Unless you're yeah. into that, like, no shame. Yeah, no shame. 
Right. Unless you're into like, that, that's I a guess. different thing, but I'm just saying. But do better. Do better. Just do better. Do better. That's just not sanitary. And I think for, for women to understand. <laughs> I'm not arguing that. <laughs> for women to understand that your amount of wetness is not correlated to your success or failure as a partner, to your worth as a woman, to how aroused you are in any way whatsoever. Um, so buy some lube. <laughs> another takeaway. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, so another common thing that people struggle with is orgasms. And I think that one thing to back it up, like back the train up, like instead of jumping to medicines, procedures, um, acts, uh, different things like that, um, make make pleasure the, po- the focus. Pleasure is the measure. So if you're struggling, just don't make it about finishing or orgasming. Just explore what feels good together. And that's a success. And that is that is enough. And that's good. Um, and then build on that as time goes by. And then so, guys, don't get wrapped up that you didn't make her finish. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's only going to exacerbate that struggle. So it's did you have a good connection with each other? Did you have a good time? Did you give her pleasure? And Mm -hmm. did you have fun doing it at the same time? That's what's that's what's important. So, you know, the the really as we come sort of to the end here, like, again, I go back to the takeaway. Sorry to interrupt, but if you do want like a step by step, we are not going to go through the step by step moves because it's irrelevant. Everybody's going to be different. That's a different podcast. Yeah, (laughs) but it's it's the tip of the iceberg, and I'm I'm meaning that a hundred percent. But if you want to know moves, like if you want to know, insert this here at this frequency and this wheel, you know, like there's books for that. Um, And so, like to review our sources, which again we can totally put you know give it put you in touch with this. But this is written by Ian Kerner. Um, He's a PhD and he's also a, a marriage counselor, and he's. He's written two books that are classic. It's She Comes First, very important. And if you want like a play-by-play of how to, what a clitoris is, how to touch a clitoris, where it's located. Wait, back up. Okay, here's the, the deal. What? A long time ago, a friend of mine gave me a book and it said clitoris or clitoris. If we can't pronounce it, how do we expect them to know what to do with it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> And then he also wrote a book that's the um, the reverse of it. So it used to be called She Comes First and He Comes Second, but now it's called Passionista. Mm, so, Passionista. But there is like diagrams the, and the pictures. The little spicy pepper yeah. on it. The other thing is um, there's definitely plenty of people on the internet who will sell you a package or something like that where they act like do this in real life. So one of those people is his name's Kenneth Play. And if you don't want to buy his program, which is totally reasonable, um, but basically he does this, but he does it with actual people. Um, and so listen to a podcast that he's been a guest speaker on. He wrote his own book called Beyond Satisfied. Also very good, but it's it's that's his content. Um, and then there's also... Um, uh, a different resource that I wanted to point out, and it's also really research-based. It's called OMG Yes. Um, and what it is is it's created by researchers. So what they did is they surveyed hundreds of women, and they said, what works for you? What is pleasurable for you? What is uh, what is working? And they wrote it down. They tallied it, They and they spread that information to others. So if you're looking for information or you're looking for maybe trying a different technique, I would encourage you to go to that resource rather than uh, other video resources you may because have. Because they have video interviews with these women then, and so some are just interviews, and then some are she will show you what she does um and it's it's like it's graphic so she's going to show you exactly what it is but it is just very like right out here plain as day Mm -hmm. and it uh it it is a great resource and then same thing with emily nagazzi's book like in the end i mean it has appendices how to make yourself have an orgasm like it will lead you step by step how to do that um how to masturbate how to have an extended orgasm like it's all in here um and i think that this this seems intimidating but on an audiobook it's not and i'm telling you it's 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 crazy interesting yeah. all right what are your takeaways um so i guess my takeaway is that you are not normal you are not broken one no, thing that you we are normal. you are normal you are normal <laughs> she was talking or, about or none of us is normal <laughs> well, we're all in the same boat and yes. all of us are totally fucked i don't know yes <laughs> Um, I think that one thing that we didn't get to with arousal that I wanted to also say is like there's a difference between receptive arousal or spontaneous arousal versus receptive arousal. And um, I would like to reiterate that you are normal if you have both, especially women. So um, I think we're led to believe that we walk around and we spontaneously want to have sex with somebody else. And maybe that happens and that's awesome for you. But I think most women, if not at least half of women, they do not have that at all. Um, and that is normal. You are not broken. You do not need to be fixed. You don't need to buy something or get something. You are okay, and that's okay. Um, I think that uh, 
um, you know, it most, like I said, or nearly half of women, they need to like get started, right? Maybe you didn't want to go to the party. You wanted to stay home in your sweatpants. You didn't want to go to the party, but your best friend was throwing the party. She really asked you to come. You want to support her. So you go, but by God, you have a blast at that party, right? Um, and you're glad you went. So pleasure is the measure. You had a great time at that party and that matters. And that's okay that you didn't spontaneously decide to find a party. I like that. I often tell couples, too, that especially it seems like more often women have a lower libido. Not always, but it happens that um, it, not to call it a chore, if you will, but to just go ahead and give it. Just go ahead and do it if it's if it's healthy and appropriate, because very few women um, have got done having sex with their partner and went, well, that sucked. You know, a lot of times it was like, oh, that was really nice. Why don't we do it more? You know, mm-hmm. more often than not. Not always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think. Our other take home would be that communication is totally scary, but totally worth it. And I think without it, it's hard. You it's hard to build on if you don't have the bottom. You got to have both people there. And so it's it to you know to talk uh, circle back to her patients that she's seeing. My husband told me to come and talk about this. Like that's bullshit. Like you two need to talk about it, right? But also like bring him with if you're going to do that. Right. I'll talk to him. (laughs) But uh, especially us as men who all think that we're God's gift of vaginas need to like take it, take it down a notch and be like, nope, how can, how can I, what do you need? How can I be the gift of her vagina? Exactly. Well, but that's, that's very, that's exactly what it is. And talk about the expectations. Like I take too long. I can't finish. What is too long? What does that even mean? What if I told you that you're normal and perfect just the way you are, you know, just because you don't look like the pictures or your, your Instagram or just because you're not Paul Rudd. Yeah. Your asshole is not bleached or your vulva doesn't look like, your vulva doesn't look like everybody else's vulva. That is okay. And that is what makes you beautiful and special. And someone has chosen to be with you. Like, I I don't know. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. Well, you guys, we're the shrinks. And that's a wrap.